It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is Matt Spiegel, and I can't wait to bring you Season 2 of the PBP, Voices of Baseball. The very best play-by-play voices in the game talk about their craft. It's a job so special that even Joe Buck told us he will probably go back to it. I'm 53, basically 54. I, I think it's too early to say nevers at this point in my life. I think at some point I'll get the itch again. Incredible guests sharing great stories from your favorite teams coming this year. Find us on the Odyssey app or wherever you find podcasts. Eagles quarterback Nick Foles is one of the most important players in the team's long history. Shortly after considering retirement, Foles stepped in for an injured Carson Wentz on week 14 of what would be a historic and unforgettable season. Brady under pressure, escapes the sack, launching one for the end zone. It's a jump ball and it's incomplete. And time runs out. For the Philadelphia Eagles, the long drought is over. Despite all of the haters, myself included, Foles proceeded to lead an energized Eagles squad to a 6-1 record, including the franchise's first ever Super Bowl win over Tom Brady and the New England Patriots. And throughout the entire process, you probably heard something like this. Nick Foles is Jeff Hostetler all over again. But who exactly is Jeff Hostetler? And what did he do to be compared to one of the greatest players in Eagles history? Well, it's coming up next with me, Vince Quinn, on a pond for the review. It's Friday, December 14th, 1990. Jeff Hostetler is sitting at his kitchen table. He's 29 years old at the time, and he's thinking about retirement. Drafted by the New York Giants in the third round of the 1984 draft, Hostetler was a backup for his entire career. He'd only started two games over the course of seven seasons with the Giants, and it wore on him. He recently reflected on the time, and he said, quote, There were no options. I tried, I don't know how many times, to get out there because I wanted a chance to play. Physically, going through your early, mid, and late 20s sitting on the bench and not having the opportunity and physically knowing time is passing by you, that gets frustrating, but there wasn't much of an alternative. And he's right. Hostetler's problem was that the Giants had an established starter at quarterback. His name was Phil Simms. 
Sims was the number one overall pick for the Giants in the 1979 draft, and he also led the Giants to their first ever Super Bowl win in 1986. Now, his status wasn't as ironclad as you'd think, and that's due to a track record of injuries and mediocre play. But in 1990, the Giants were Phil Sims' team. And so for Hostetler, who felt completely stuck, his contemplation of retirement was more than an empty threat. Hostetler was so desperate to play that he did unfathomable things to try to get himself on the field. Here's Steve Trevelisse of 94WIP to help explain. Hostetler would do anything he wanted to play. He was not only a quarterback, he was returning punts. He was the gunner on the punt team. He would go out as a wide receiver. Whatever he could do to play, he wanted to play that desperately. But it wasn't enough. And rather than spend his career behind Sims and deal with coach Bill Parcells, who he regularly had spats with, Hostetler was ready to quit. But he didn't have too much time to think about it. Because the next day, December 15th of 1990, it was a pretty big one for the Giants. The Buffalo Bills were coming into town. And looking back, the 1990 Bills were absolutely stacked. Marv Levy was the Bills coach and a future Hall of Famer. Jim Kelly was the quarterback and a future Hall of Famer. Wide receivers James Lofton and Andre Reid both made it to the Hall of Fame. Running back Thurman Thomas made it to Canton. And defensive end Bruce Smith, well, he would make the Hall as well. The Bills were for real. And with an 11-2 record going into the game versus the 11-2 Giants, it had the feel of a Super Bowl preview. At least on paper. The day itself was miserable. The rain was steady and strong at Giants Stadium. It was cold, and the game suffered because of it. In the second quarter, with 5 minutes and 30 seconds on the clock, Jim Kelly got tangled up with one of his offensive linemen and was forced to leave the game on a cart. He would be replaced by backup quarterback Frank Reich. You might have heard of him. Phil Sims suffered a similar fate shortly thereafter as he was tackled by defensive end Leon Seals and despite trying to play through a foot injury, was forced to leave in the third quarter. And so Hostetler, who one day before the game had considered retirement at his kitchen table, had gotten another shot. And understandably, it wasn't a good one. He would go 9 for 16 in the game with 97 yards, no touchdowns, and no interceptions in a losing effort for the Giants. Now, while Hostetler was uninspiring in the game, he would get more chances to prove himself. It came out a few days after the game that Phil Sims would be out for an undetermined amount of time with a fracture in his right foot. This is a big-time moment for Hostetler. After all of these years of waiting, seven years of spot starts here and there, he finally gets a chance to take over a team, and it's a good one. The Giants are 11-3, they're positioned towards the top of the NFC, and they have the chance to make a playoff run. Hostetler is right there in the middle of it. And typically in these situations, teams will worry about the status of their backup quarterback. That wasn't the case for the Giants. Basically, the players loved Hostetler because they knew him. Because, you know, they, they weren't worried about Hostetler stepping in because he had been, you know, he ran the scout team. They saw him in practice. He was, you know, he was always on the field. They knew what he could do. So they weren't like, oh, my God, what's going to happen now? 
they like, okay, Jeff's here. Haas is here. No problem. And that confidence in Jeff Hostetler, it paid off. The Giants go on the road to play the Phoenix Cardinals. They win 24-21. The week after that, Jeff Hostetler leads them into New England, and they beat the Patriots 13-10. And so following the end of the regular season, the Giants are 13-3. They're the number two seed in the NFC, and they get a first-round bye. So now we're at the divisional round where it's a joke. The Giants play the Bears, and it's hardly a game to speak of. They win 31-3. Hostetler goes 10 for 17 with 112 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions, an additional 43 yards on the ground, and a rushing touchdown. The Giants absolutely dominate the Bears start to finish. But as much as the Bears were a joke, the 49ers would prove to be the opposite. Run by what was the greatest duo the league had ever seen in Bill Walsh and Joe Montana, the 49ers were a dynasty on the warpath. They were coming off of back-to-back Super Bowl victories. The team was 14-2. Joe Montana was cruising in what would be his second MVP season, and they won the previous week 28-10. Now, the Giants, with backup quarterback Jeff Hostetler, would have to face them on the road. And it was a gritty affair. You talk about, like, the ultimate grudge match. This was a a parking lot brawl. Hostetler, in the middle of the game, gets hurt. And uh, earlier, Leonard Marshall had knocked Montana out of the game. The Montana hit is especially nasty. He gets hit from behind, in the head, at full speed and then slammed with all of that weight and momentum into the dirt face first. There's footage of him walking off of the field, getting help from the trainers, and unsurprisingly, he is completely lost. Meanwhile, the Giants are throwing everything they have at the 49ers because this is their window of opportunity now that the reigning MVP and soon-to-be second-time MVP is out of the game. The most notable play is a direct snap on a fourth down to the front man, which goes for a first down. But on top of that, the Giants are able to recover a fumble near the end of the game, which gives them the opportunity to drive down to the end of the field and with closing seconds on the clock, kick a field goal to win, 15-13. Hostetler was more of a game manager in this one. He goes 15-27, of 27, 176 yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions. So he doesn't light up the stat sheet. However, he did play a subtly important role in this game. In what was a common theme up until a few years ago, Hostetler, as a backup quarterback, was the holder on field goals. And in this game, the Giants scored 15 points, all of them coming from five field goal attempts. And it makes me wonder, what if Hostetler wasn't able to come back into the game after he was hurt? If he didn't have the persistence and the toughness to get back in there for the Giants, we may never have been talking about him to this day. Who knows where those field goals go? But Hostetler, as he's proven time and time again, was tough and it led to a Super Bowl berth in 1991. Now the opponent for that Super Bowl was all too fitting. The Buffalo Bills, the Hall of Famer-filled team that had knocked Phil Simms out for the season, beaten Hostetler in his return to the field and boasted the highest scoring offense in the NFL. That was their opponent. And they were coming in hot. The Bills won 44-34 over the Miami Dolphins in the divisional round. 
they beat the Los Angeles Raiders 51-3 in the AFC Championship game. And now, the Giants would have to beat the high-flying Bills offense in ideal conditions. The Giants decided that they would counter with a ground-and-pound game designed to keep the Bills off of the field. Hostetler would lean on running back Otis Anderson, who was a backup as well, by the way, and three tight end sets. But that doesn't mean it was an easy game for Hostetler. Not by any stretch. In the second quarter, with the Giants down 10-3, Hostetler gets crushed. From the shotgun, Bills rush five. Hostetler hit as he throws, and it's incomplete. Leon Seals really decked him. And Hostetler once again slow and arising. The backup is Matt Cavanaugh. Hostetler standing in there, and he just runs right through it. Leon Seals is the same guy who hurt Sims in Week 15. Now Hostetler was down. The backup quarterback, Matt Cavanaugh, began warming up. Hostetler was given an ammonia packet to sniff, and clearly concussed, Hostetler re-entered the game. He later described the first half as a blur. Shortly after, he takes another big hit, this time from Bruce Smith. Second and ten from the six-yard line. Hostetler, under heat, sacked for the safety, Bruce Smith. Oddly enough, it was a huge play by Hostetler. They get him for the safety, but he holds on to the ball, so Bruce Smith couldn't knock it out of his hands for a touchdown. And recovering from those two hits, later in the game he would go on to cap off a huge nine-minute drive with a big play. Third down, 10 at the 14, 30 seconds remaining in the half. Beats the main man, Nate Odoms. And that was a perfect throw. Thanks to a great defensive scheme by Bill Belichick, the Giants went to halftime down 12-10 and the kickoff was coming their way. Eventually, the Giants would gain the lead, climbing to a score of 20-19. Hostetler continued to play tough and most importantly, did not turn the football over. In fact, During the entire time that Hostetler had taken over in 1990, he didn't throw a single interception. So thanks in part to Hostetler's quality decision-making, the Giants were leading by one point, with 2.16 left to go in the Super Bowl. Now for most teams, 2.16 is a very tight window. For the Bills... It was an eternity. Now it's pretty simple for Buffalo. They're at the 10. You've got to move it into Scott Norwood's field goal range. He doesn't have a lot of range, and especially not on grass, but that's down the line right now. First things first for Buffalo, 216 left, one timeout left, one free one at the two-minute warning. Well, at least Buffalo doesn't have to go into an offense that they haven't been using very often. I mean, they have to run the two-minute drill with a two-minute offense that they run every snap of the game. And sure enough, the Bills march from their own 10-yard line all the way down to the Giants' 29. The Hostetler storybook was drifting into the ether as Bills kicker Scott Norwood stepped onto the field. Now Norwood tries to kick his longest ever on grass, 47 yards, 8 seconds left. No good. Wide right. And Hostetler did it. 
the backup quarterback that earned reps as a receiver and special teamer, the guy that 44 days ago was contemplating retirement at his kitchen table, had just won Super Bowl 25. It's an amazing story of perseverance, and after the game, he had the scars to prove it. Hostetler was woozy in the locker room. His face was bruised from the Leon Seals hit early in the game. His entire left side was covered with an enormous purple welt. He had a headache. Hostetler's brother was interviewed after the game, and he said, If the three-knockdown rule had been in effect, they would have stopped the fight. He still isn't sure where he is. Jeff Hostetler wasn't an MVP. He wasn't a star. But Jeff Hostetler was special. His heroics for the New York Giants in that 1990 season are an inspiration for every fan that loses hope when the starter goes down. He's the face of substituted success. Or at least he used to be. Hostetler was an incredible quarterback. He had the perfect situation at the right time, and he made the most of it. And will there ever be another one? Nick Foles. You know, will there ever be another one? Yeah, there'll always be a quarterback who will come off the bench. It's not the easiest thing to do, and uh, it's taken, was it, 1990, 28 years for it to happen again. Those are moments in time, and these are two men who will go down in football immortality because of that. That's it for this edition of Upon Further Review. I want to thank you for listening to the show. I am Vince Quinn. You can find me on Twitter at It's Vince Quinn. Special thanks to the people that made this episode possible. John Barchard, James Seltzer, Brandon Lee Gowden, and Steve Trevelisse. If you'd like to listen to the extended interview with Trev, which covers all sorts of things around that Super Bowl and additional notes about the Giants at that time, you can find it on our Patreon page. Look for BGN Radio on Patreon.com. And you can listen to that episode in the $10 tier. So thanks again for listening to the show. And I'll see you next time on A Pond for the Review.